0: Traveling the
1: Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and arrive at episode number 289. And this podcast is like a horse with pedals. I'm Keith. I'm Sean.
2: Hi, my name is Glenn. And I am a Pokemon Go Aholic. Hi, Glenn. <laughs>
1: you have a good week playing Pokemon Go? (laughs) That's pretty much all I've been doing all week.
2: (laughs) Don't judge me. (laughs) You're not the only one playing. You're
3: you're, you're amongst (laughs) friends. I was
2: a little um, relieved to come in and find out at least one other of the three of us (laughs) (laughs) was playing. Maybe not as obsessive as I, but... um, Yeah, it dropped. Hold on, there's one in the yard! It (laughs) dropped, and I went whole hog. It started from a, I might play this casually, to a... I'm level 14. It's been a good week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Lots of Pokemon Go. Lots of Pokemon Go. With all all the actual news going on, a friend of mine posted on Facebook. My Facebook feed is anger, 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 Pokemon. Anger, 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 anger at Pokemon servers. Anger, anger. (laughs) 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 It's better than the alternative, I suppose. That's true. Oh, uh, what the else do we do? Paris this? has just appeared. Hold oh. on, I got to capture this. It's, 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 <laughs> me, it's right there. Jump in. on, Glenn. Let me get back in. Jump on. Uh, in our nine months between Game of Thrones, I've picked up <laughs> A Clash of Kings, and I'm uh, eighty pages into it already. So far, nailed him. the The pacing and the the storytelling of this of this book is even better than the first book. So, I'm really enjoying it. Only 700 more pages to go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Speaking of books, I just finished um, Cat's Cradle Warhead, which is one of the Virgin New Adventure novels. So Who wrote that one? That was Andrew Cartmel, And it is quite enjoyable. And it really gives you a feel for where Cartmel really wanted to take the Doctor and Ace mm-hmm. uh, beyond Season 26. I watched... Three movies
1: this week. Ooh, what'd you watch? Um, I watched Lost River. Was the first one I watched, the Ryan Gosling directed, oh, film, if you can call it that.
0: Ooh, it wasn't very good.
1: Oh, I don't. I, I heard there's a lot of footage for it, so I don't know if in the edits something got lost, but it feel it has the feel of a '90s indie flick, which is okay. It feels like it's trying to say something profound. Which is okay. Which is good, which is nice. But it has to do that. It doesn't actually say anything (laughs) that I got. If you want a head-scratcher, that's on HBO Go. (laughs) And then we took Adi to uh, go see The Secret Life of Pets, which was okay. It was pretty cute. It's definitely worth seeing.
2: I watched, um, finally, watched Noah this week with uh, Russell Crowe and Jennifer Connelly.
1: I think that's the one. Oh, who directed
2: that? I don't know the um, atheist that doesn't like uh, the Bible. Apparently,
1: it's recommended for a dream director, right? Yeah, that's um, the one Darren Aronofsky. Aronofsky, Aronofsky, Aronofsky I have not yeah. seen.
2: It was okay. I was didn't it hate all right? It. Yeah, I didn't hate it. I it's, I could see why Christians were mad. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was okay? It was it was worth watching. It's on uh, Hulu this month. So.
3: I watched. Uh, I'm mean, gonna feel really bad bringing this up based on the the weighty things that you guys have done. Um, (laughs) Secret Life of Pets is not weighty. I I watched uh, Pee-wee's Big Holiday or whatever the new one is. Oh, the Netflix one. The Netflix one. It's Pee-wee Herman. I mean, all of the Pee-wee Herman movies, whether some of them are cinematic masterpieces or not, (laughs) they still have that kind of base level of dumb, goofy enjoyment. That's exactly where this one falls into it. You know, there's a couple of jokes that fall flat, but most of it's still pretty good. So, what else did I watch? I watched uh, Matilda. You have kids, uh, grandkids come over to see, you watch his kids' movies. You've seen that one before. I've never seen Matilda. Really? Yeah. Delightful. Thoroughly enjoyed that one. Uh, um, Now, I made Mel watch The In-Laws. I don't know if I mentioned this last week or not. Yeah, you did. Okay. So then we watched the remake this week. Which uh, stars Albert Brooks and um, Michael, Ma- Douglas. Michael Douglas, and I can say that it is. While I personally didn't find it as good as the original, it's a fun little comedy on its own right. Hmm. We I also
2: finally got around to watching Sherlock's Christmas special, The Abominable Bride.
3: What do you think? It
2: was really good, <laughs> really good. Abominable. So <laughs> it, it's so clever in how why they place it in the uh, 1800s. Yeah, uh, 19th century. It's it, I, I wondered how they were going to do it and why they were doing it that way. And then when the revelation is why it's done that way happens, it's like wow, that was <laughs> really clever. So,
1: oh, uh, we watched Moneyball. Was the other thing we watched? How's that one? It was all right. Probably my least favorite of any of Aaron Sorkin's writing. We also finally f- we finally finished Falling Skies. <laughs> He's getting more Pokemon. Wait, wait, what's here? What's here? Star
2: you. <laughs> Only have one of these, so well, Star you. So
3: if you catch it, can he not? Yeah, he can still catch it. No, it's still there. Let's move on to news.
1: Star you. So, uh, com- uh, San Diego Comic Con's coming up. If you aren't aware, uh, later this month. And some announcements have been made of what's happening for Doctor Who.
2: Uh, as for the show wait, proper, wait, wait, nothing. There's not going to be any Doctor Who presence. That was that was told to me early in the week, so that means it's final, and there's no Doctor <laughs> Who presence whatsoever at San Diego Comic Con. There's no televised none. Doctor Who presence. No, none. Because when you come out and make a quick clickbait statement like "no Doctor Who representation <laughs> at," San Diego Comic Con, then I don't have to click on the story because I know that means everything. That's right. (laughs) Nope.
1: No BBC production.
2: Clickbait articles.
1: (laughs) But uh, Titan Comics will be at San Diego Comic Con uh, with... A panel, as along along with a special convention, special comic featuring an all new, never before released story, the Long Con, starring the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth Doctors. So oh, okay, there's no uh, word if they were going to release the comic widely. I really hope so. Uh, typically, they do after Comic Con, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, And of course, they're going to have all sorts of stuff going on at their booth, and I think they have a and they have a panel uh, to talk about the four doctors, the third Doctor comic that's coming up, as well as the supremacy of the Cyberman, Cybermen, which just debuted this past week uh, ahead of yesterday's Comic Book
2: Day. What you're telling me is there's going to be some Doctor Who at San Diego Comic Con. There is. (sighs) Crazy. But none of the act. (laughs) <laughs> when people, well, when people you mean there's Dr. not going to be any BBC actors present for Doctor Who, representing Doctor Who, or in this year where there's no Doctor Who on television? Or shocking, I know. But there is going to be a representi- representative of some Doctor Who in other media that is continuing to run through this year? That is correct. Shocking. <laughs> I'm playing coy because I just got really frustrated with the <laughs> revelation on all the Doctor Who websites and all the clickbait sites going, hey, there's not going to be a Doctor Who, oh my gosh, it's the end of the world, Armageddon, and in the back of my mind I kept saying, thinking, there's going to be something there, but no, 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 there's not There's <laughs> not going to be a Doctor Who, it's chaos, Armageddon, that means the show's dying, no it doesn't, it just means there's no <laughs> Doctor Who on this year, so At there's no reason for them Comic-Con. to be there, yeah. and... There is a comic book that is still ongoing in this year, so it makes sense that Titan would represent.
1: And there was a, there was a year where there was no BBC sponsored Doctor Who presence at Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con. There was no and BBC. There, was, there <laughs> that year. and there was Doctor Who coming back later that year. It was because yeah. they were in the middle of production and they couldn't get away. So it's not like <laughs> just, San Diego Comic Con is not the end all be all yeah, of anything. Exactly. Well, and, that is exactly
3: uh, right. Th- th- this is a There's another such a no-brainer, no no story here. (laughs) That going to Comic Con and setting up a booth and flying your actors in and having a presence and.
2: To promote something this that's not expensive. happening until Christmas. Yeah, this oh, is yeah. super
3: expensive to oh, organize yeah. and, and and do all that. And then w- w- let's be honest, you've got to deal with the whole BBC leak thing because <laughs> anything they tell you is going to immediately
2: wind up on a server in Argentina. Let's be fair; that hasn't happened now for two years. I mean, we've been pretty good. The way like, you're going to have to well, keep, even that. You're going to have to cut them some slack here pretty soon.
1: Even the fiftieth trailer didn't fully leak, right? Like it was so, like yeah. everyone feared it was. Well, and 20th Century Fox is passing this year on San Diego Comic-Con. They're not going to have a presence at all. So it's not unheard of for a major company not to have a presence at San Diego.
2: If you don't have anything to promote at this time, it doesn't make any sense to spend the money to promote it. Yeah. I think San Diego is kind of
1: waning in its height.
2: Well, I think part of that comes to the fact that there are Comic-Con conventions all over the U.S. now, and I think that people, the the draw of San Diego Comic-Con isn't as big as it used to be, so it kind of hit its peak, and now it's on the downslope, so.
3: Yep, good, maybe we can actually go.
2: Okay, so, but give me some actual real news. Wait, wait,
3: wait, this just came in. Traveling the Vortex will not have a presence (laughs) at San Diego Comic-Con this year. This is huge news. We thought you should know right away.
2: So, give me some real news that, you know, well, some the, real news, some Doctor Who news. That the we, Mirror
1: is reporting that <laughs> Matt Smith might make his way back to Doctor Who.
3: Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> not, not just make his way back, but regenerate as the new doctor.
1: De-regenerate.
3: De regenerate. Your de regenerator. However, you want to. regenerate. They, they don't really say re regenerate.
2: It would be
1: re regenerate. Like, uh, they, they posted a very vague report. Uh, saying that maybe about to travel back in time to play Doctor Who again Uh, show boss Stephen Moffat has hinted according to the Mirror Smith could be the first of the 12 Doctors to return to the TARDIS after regenerating
2: from an interview that he did more than a year and a half ago (laughs) yep and I think didn't they also use a quote from Matt Smith two years ago that said you know someday I wouldn't mind coming back to Doctor Who yeah it'd be great to do it again Okay, he so, said it two years ago. So here, ago. here are the
1: quotes. I don't know when this... Mo- this doesn't say when Moffitt's quote was. Uh, he said, Matt is quite open about how much he misses it and how much he wishes he hadn't left. That doesn't mean he's coming back. That just means he misses the ago. show. It
2: was in the middle of Series 9. Somebody then, already found
1: that. a fan asked Matt in April... I'm assuming at a convention, if he would play the doctor again, and Matt replied, I would really want to.
2: Oh, so that was April. Somebody had said that that was a
1: longer ago than that. And I'm sure that's more in reference of, yeah, like a multi-doctor story. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> Not, Not to coming mention, back as the, the mirror apparently jumped on this because he was sighted in Cardiff over the weekend. Or uh, last week, I guess it was. Early last week.
1: He, they also quote Moffitt saying that Matt's decision to leave three, year, three years ago was a tough time. And he added, Matt, who was a friend and ally, was leaving. I couldn't get him to stay. I felt like everything was blowing up around me.
2: Now, I don't fault the mirror in this. Because it's a great clickbait because article. It's trending on Facebook. This <laughs> is very typical of the mirror. This is what they do. This is what we've learned. This is what we should know by now. What irritates me now is the fact that this showed up on Doctor Who fan pages in my news stream consistently for 2 days straight and the responses were yeah yay that'd be great i'm am looking forward to that people <laughs> be smart about this it was the mere reporting this you should have the bing bells and whistles should have gone off at that point and red flags everywhere
1: how many times bef- between Matt Smith announcing he was leaving and Peter Capaldi being announced. Were there articles of David Tennant returning to the role? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's not going to happen. I'm
3: sorry. How many articles did we get after Night of the Doctor that Paul McGann was coming back?
2: Yeah. When the BBC announces that Matt Smith is coming back to Doctor Who as the Doctor, then I'll jump in there and I'll say... Now is your chance to <laughs> let me know what you think of this real news, and not this fake concoction of clickbait. Here, here,
3: here's here's where we come down on this, guys. Be smart. There's no this just in Doctor Who's still not on.
1: Click your logic centers on. So,
3: when you hear something this earth shattering, maybe grain of salt time.
2: If it sounds too good to be true, it usually is too big to be true. Too good to be true.
1: That's it for
2: news. (laughs) So wait a minute. We had two news stories. One (laughs) said, no Doctor Who presence at at San Diego Comic-Con. Wait, there There is is Doctor Who presence at San Diego Comic-Con. And some great comic
1: stuff going on.
2: And then (laughs) we got... Uh, boy, it's, this is really kind of the dry time, isn't this, it, between series? This, this dark year is rough. <laughs> the dark year, I like that. Dark year, that's good. The dark year. If you say wilderness the- year again, I will come across this table. I've never said wilderness year. Uh, you this did, too. You encouraged time. it.
3: Well, you yeah, I encouraged it, of course, because I knew it would aggravate you. But <laughs> <laughs> The dark year. So this this is the year the Doctor was in a really bad mood?
2: <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? He's been in a bad mood for the last two years. <laughs> we're
3: just, just going to play Kill the Moon on repeat. Oh. <laughs> Alright, so
2: can we move on to feedback? Feedback, yes! <laughs> Every
3: week for Friday Night Who, we're going to do Kill the Moon.
1: <laughs> Our first bit of feedback comes from Eric. Eric writes, Book Club, June, Royal Book, Royal Blood. Hi, guys. I've been listening to the show for quite a while now. I started out listening to a large number of Doctor Who-related podcasts and dwindled down to only two or three these days, but I make sure to never miss Traveling the Vortex. Thank you, Eric. You guys have a great chemistry and also stay positive for the most part. That doesn't mean you auto-like everything you review, but it does mean you're generally not dis- you generally not dismissive of things before trying them out. Like myself, you put pos- pull the positives out of a work that may not be your thing. I'm not sure you've noticed, but our specific niche of fandom seems to be full of folks that don't seem to actually like Doctor Who at all. (laughs) That is so true. (laughs) That's true, Eric, and I try not to look at those people or interact with them as much as I can. I don't want that kind of negativity in my life. Uh, Eric goes on, I know from being someone who has done his fair share of creative work, positive feedback is always nice to hear and unfortunately not give often enough. I won't go on and on, but keep up the good work. The podcast is really something special and stands out even among its peers. Uh, he goes on to say, "This review may be a little late, but I'm currently a week behind you guys on listening to the podcast as well. I'm trying to catch up." Smiley face. He.
2: The good news is,
1: <laughs> we're behind too, Eric. <laughs> so we are not going to read his review. Of, he, royal of, blood. of royal blood if you want to read it head over to the goodreads book club or wait and soon and we're not going to put a specific date on it yet but we will review royal blood and then we will read that section of his email
3: along with anybody else's who has yeah.
2: posted, yes. posted their information on, on their uh, review of royal blood uh, please send it our way and we'll read that in tandem as well Eric finishes off his email. Well, that's
1: all for now, and I'll try
2: to be in touch more often. Hope
1: you guys have a great week, and thanks for doing what you do. Thanks for taking the time to read this, Eric.
3: Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Eric. Thanks, Eric. And good to hear from you. I guess welcome to the show. Even though he's been listening for he's been listening for a, while. Listening good, for a while, but well, welcome officially. Yeah. yeah, you get an official welcome when you write feedback. So when, when, right?
2: When you let you, when you let us know you've been listening, you get, <laughs> you get an official welcome.
3: If you haven't written us feedback, welcome anyway. But, you know, doesn't mean as much because I don't know your
2: name.
1: And thank you, Eric, for uh, giving us, pledging on Patreon.
2: Yes, absolutely. That's 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 a huge thank you for that because uh, that helps uh, tremendously as far as keeping us going. So. And if you're not supporting us on Patreon, well, why not? <laughs> <laughs> you can find a link on uh, TravelingVortex.com, and any amount helps. If uh, you can't help us there, we do understand. Um, but if you are considering buying something, be sure to check out those links in the right side of our page uh, for some of our sponsors, because a portion of that goes to our show as well. Uh,
1: our next bit of feedback comes from Doctor Phil, and he sent in some audio. So let's take a
4: listen. Hey, Glenn, Keith, and Sean, Doctor Phil, um, just sending in some very belated feedback on the Mask of Mandragora. Uh, listen to Adventures in Times Music episode on that one. Um, something, one thing, um, I that we that might have been missed is that the second series of big finish Sarah Jane Smith audios culminates in a huge connection to the return of Mandragora in the 20th century Um, after the first season has a big connection to another Sarah Jane and four story I don't want to spoil that because it's kind of a really great surprise um in that um as well so anyway um one of the neat things also about the mask of Mandragora is of course, ah, of course, you know, I'd bring up the music and, um, out of the three cues that are used as stock music during the mask, even though masks did not exist at this time in Italy, um, in, uh, the period in which, um, things take place in San Martino. Um, one of the three cues is actually from the right period. The others are about 30 years too late, but, um, um, the use of, uh, Port Myron and, um, from The Prisoner um, is very great. This is a favorite one growing up. Um, also because of the fact that you have the very Shakespearean drama of Count Federico trying to take the crown a la Hamlet, um, which is very fun because my older brother is, is is a Federico as well, so I've always called him my entire youth uh, Count Federico, uh, but I'm glad that he was not killed by the Mandragora energy. Anyway, I'm glad to be catching back up with... Um, Traveling the vortex, and sorry to be um, kind of out of the fold for a while. So, take care, guys, and hope to hear more soon. Bye.
1: Thanks, Dr. Phil, for writing in. And of course, go check out his uh, podcast that he mentioned off the top of the feedback.
2: Yeah, Adventures in Time, Space, and Music. Yeah. Hi, Dr. Dr. Phil.
1: Phil. I'm really excited to get to those Sarah Jane adventure stories now.
2: Yeah. We may be able to do another Mandragora Adversary archive and a Sarah Jane Smith companion archive. Rolled up, We're in just one. In up one. and just rolling one. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to those. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Should we move on to our reviews?
1: Yes. Should we start with our audios? Let's do. Brave new town. It's like the village that time forgot. The inhabitants of the quiet seaside town of Thorington in Suffolk are living the same day over and over again. What's so special about the first of September nineteen ninety one? It's a Sunday. Why haven't the villagers <laughs> oh. noticed that the same song has been number one for years?
2: It it's a, a really good, wedding good song. song.
1: <laughs> and where on earth has the sea disappeared to? The doctor and Lucy must solve the mystery before the visitors return. Dun dun
2: dun
3: Uh oh. <laughs> I we'll gave it a grimace.
2: You know, I didn't hate the story. The problem I had with it is I figured it out way too soon, <laughs> and so that kind of marred it for me. But um, because when I, I, I honestly I thought my first thought was this was a town uh, that was a, nu- a, a nuclear uh, a nuke city where yeah they it, it, these were plastic dummies and they had somehow come to life. And then that started the little wheels turning going, uh, oh, wait yeah. a minute, these guys are plastic because they couldn't be seen on the on the heat. They kind of made it a, a deal that they could – and the one guy said, if you stand, we stand really still. And so i like, okay, these guys aren't real. They're plastic. And then the wheels started churning. And I went, oh, if these guys are plastic, they're probably autons. And then the wheels started churning. And then it was something about – they had said something about a consciousness. Not setting nesting yet, but they said something about consciousness. And then and when they started hearing the voice. And so then I thought, okay, so that's probably the nesting consciousness. So that has now verified for me that these are autons. And then the thing that sold it to me was when they actually flipped the hand down and the gun <laughs> came out. And I went, okay, they're autons. So that at that point I figured that out relatively early in the story. And so unfortunately at that point I was like, Okay, now I have figured this out too soon. So I thought hopefully there will be some big twist that will, you know, Make me like this story again, and 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 it won't be so bad that I figured it out. And then the story just really didn't go anywhere after that. I mean, it did, but I mean, it was it still trundled along the whole reveal of them being autons. And I I I, I like the idea that they have a self awareness. Uh, that that autonomous, aspect, autons. Yeah, autonomous autons. That <laughs> uh, that aspect of the story I thought uh, was presented well, and and so. Enjoyable enough from that aspect, but just because I had figured out it kind of marred it for me. So
1: I should have realized it was Autons based off of uh, Sean's selection for Friday Night Who. <laughs> I, I I saw this and I thought, why are why are we doing Spearhead from Space? I'm not going to question it, but okay.
3: <laughs> and then I got
1: into the story and oh,
3: quite honestly, I may have planned that. <laughs> Once upon a time, and then in the... In forgot. Forgot after I scheduled it, forgot why I scheduled it that way. And it wasn't until we sat down tonight, and I pulled up my synopsis and went, oh, yeah, that's why I did that. But I don't really know that I did that one on purpose. <laughs> well, that
1: works well. And apparently this is the first uh, Auton appearance in audio. So it works. that works really well. Uh,
2: the, the only way that you could do this is giving them that self-awareness, making it a self-awareness story. Yeah. Uh, Because they had to speak. They had to not know what they were and discover that. And that that makes it a good audio because I don't know how you could have – I can't think of another good way you could have put autons in it because they don't generally speak. And the the revelation of the little gun coming out of the hand is hard to do in audio. Yeah. And they did it well here because, in fact, when they say – when they make reference to the hand coming out of the gun, it's very obvious from the dialogue, but it doesn't sound forced, and so they right. did a good job with that.
1: Well, this, this, it's a really good way to do a surprise Auton story. Yeah, I know. If it had been a
2: surprise, it would have been better.
1: I know how. I know how they later do it. How they do an Auton story without having them talk? Oh, <laughs> oh. that's right. You're uh... <laughs> because yeah, I'm uh, yeah. You're, you're skipping I, ahead. I, I listened to one and it's done really well. So they, they, they it can be done both ways.
3: Um,
1: and I, I, I but I do like that they talk in this. I, I really like that aspect and it helps. It it even pre, this predates Rory the Roman, right? Right. So it kind of sets up that whole idea that they can do that. Of course, spearhead has them talking also. So that's why, I said, they,
2: of, that's why I said they generally don't do that. But there are occasions there are, where yeah, they
1: have. There are the few select individuals that can reach a higher plane.
2: I think that's
3: one of the things that maybe... When I first listened to this story, it was before um, the Roy the Roman had become a thing. Big Bang. Big Bang, thank you. You it listened was,
1: to it before that you uh, saw that episode? Yeah. I'm surprised by that.
3: Well, it's, I remember, I've gone through these. Well, yeah, but
1: uh, didn't you start these after we started the podcast? yes. And that happened before Christmas Carol.
2: Yes. No, he wasn't listening to these audios. Yeah. You started the. You listened... Well, you did start the audios after I did we start the audios the after then. So, yeah, okay, so it would have been Christmas after. Carol. Yeah, we had gotten to Christmas Carol already. Yeah. You You would have seen I wouldn't
1: have, but you would have seen it.
3: Because that was before Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah, because he's wearing. Okay, then never mind. <laughs> Because it's the industry five. I was, I, was, I was trying to make a connection to hindsight there, that that you know maybe would have changed the perspective on it. But you're right. It's well in my head. It's all new anyway. So um, what I, what I like about this one, I think, is honestly the the, the small things. That, they're not even really callbacks. They're just kind of familiar tones. Like the fact that it's the same day in the town all the time, for me, reminded me of uh, uh, Android Invasion, where the doctor's oh, yeah. looking through the calendar and it's all the same day which you guys know, that's one of my favorite stories. I don't know why, <laughs> it just is. So when we got to that part, it was just, whoo, I don't know why. It wasn't exactly like, oh, this is just like, you know. No, it's not, but it just felt familiar. Um, or the, um, the ten- little things like that kind of sprinkled throughout it that just kind of harmonically resonated with me and, and, and made me enjoy it. I thought the idea was really cool, that, that you've got this group of, of Autons um you know, hanging out and wondering what the heck's going on, and then suddenly fearing the the, the call that you know, are we going yeah. to become? You know, I, I like the definitive endpoint that there there could have been a we've got to solve problem X by time frame Y. You know, it's not just the fact that you're an auton; it's the fact that when mm, there's a signal and maybe it's going to get to you or not. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: One, one I just thing that I, was cool. One thing that I feel could have. They could have done more of Is give us a little bit more Backstory of The Russians Or the, I guess they weren't really Russians Uzbekistanis. The Uzbekistanis,
2: Uzbekistanis. Uh
1: Of how they wound up With this nesting consciousness and
2: That's that I, I completely agree with where and you're and coming that, from. And
1: that really is the only negative thing I have to say about the story Because
2: before. while they did a good job conveying to us that Uzbekistan separated from the USSR or from Russia I guess at, at, at that point became independent yeah and so that's why this kind of uh, spy service kind of failed and became a, 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 a separate thing or a, a separation from the the package that it was before they did a good job of explaining that but I but dropping <laughs> the idea obtained. of how they started this and yeah. why they had the nesting consciousness and why how they learned to uh, utilize the technology what didn't come across? Yet. Yeah,
1: I mean, you can, you can kind of connect the dots if you stop and think about it. Of, yeah. in Spearhead, all these all these control spheres came down all over the planet, and so you can kind of connect the dots that way because it's before nineteen ninety one, even weird unit dating, and so you you, <laughs> you can do it. I just would have liked a little bit more in the story itself. Yeah, agreed. I'll give you that. Well, I, I but I like the characters too of the the dad and the daughter trying to him trying to find his daughter of she's the first one to to recognize the call and going forward and hunting it down and they try to give you a lot of misdirection of before you get to the big auton reveal, which I appreciated
2: I thought what also wasn't um delivered enough upon was the destroying of the oil well because of the fact that. Or the taking of the oil well, because they were utilizing the substance that the, creates the autons. It's almost like they were setting up some sort of uh, not message there but some sort of uh, connection to you know the the autons wanting to save and preserve something you know the essence of them, but they don't quite get there and The other thing I thought was interesting well, about this, and I think it's fine is the 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 doctor and Lucy leave before cleaning up the mess. And so you get the impression that we're going to be revisiting this sometime down the mm-hmm. road because uh, the one Uzbekistani and the guy that had an English accent, which I assume was Russian or Uz- Uzbekistani, was uh, looking at a cash grab on this, and that's where they left it. So
1: Yeah. Well, and the oil thing almost also feels like it, that's because of the consciousness so he can create more. It can create more autons and right. then therefore that's where they were dominate the world. Yeah. 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 I like them uh, pushing against it and deciding. No, we're you know trying to fight the consciousness. That's a nice new aspect to. I mean, we get it in Roy the Roman, but it's a nice to see to to explore that in a different way. Overall, I really enjoyed this one.
3: This was written by uh, Jonathan Clements, who um, we've reviewed his work prior, which was um, oh, the Zeus one with the. Um, faith doctor story where the uh, immortal beloved
2: yeah
3: um and i think kind of had the same reactions i think i liked it maybe a little more than the two of you yeah did you? care i didn't care you for didn't that care for it um once again paul McGann's awesome and
1: lucy is great in this too it's i, I know i initially wasn't very big Keen on her, but she's really starting to grow on me more. And she's got some really funny bits in this, like "Where does plastic come from? Taiwan." <laughs> <I was scared. laughs> That's good. There's a lot of great lines from her.
2: She's really growing as character, and I, I really thoroughly enjoy her. The further we go with her,
1: yeah, me too. Let's move on to the next one: the skull of Skobek. Too much perfections, dangerous. On the isolated planet of Indigo 3, far out in the wastes of the blue desert, lies the sanctuary of imperfect symmetry. It is a place of contemplation and reflection. It is also a place of death. Something from another time, from another world, has found its way inside the hollowed walls. Something with a leathery hide, a long snout, and sharp pointy teeth. Tick-tock, here comes the Crocodile. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I'm kind of eh on this one too. I, I kind of had hoped for you guys to come and explain the story to me. <laughs> I, I I had a real difficulty following this one and, and wondering why why at all it was happening other than it just all ended up being kind of a game. Um, it was I don't I I really don't know where I land on this because I, I wanted to enjoy it and I thought the audio production was really good uh, as far as how it was produced. Yeah, um, and the but I don't know where it went. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I really but don't. It's,
1: it's one of those. It's written by Mark Platt, so it's he's so it all seems over to the be, map for us. It seems to be his mo to deliver these really cool nuggets and then not put the pieces together quite well enough for them to quite make sense.
3: Because this, except he did spare parts, which is phenomenal.
2: It is phenomenal. Yeah. Ghostlight's good too. Yeah, and once you once you figure it, figure it out. out. <laughs> that's that's my I guess that's my I want to be able Garot to
1: Garo was kind of meh for yeah, us, so. That's that
2: why funny. I wanted to like this story. Because I just read uh Cat's Crucible uh or Cat's Cradle uh Times Crucible, which was also read by Mark Platt and that was the last new adventure book that I read, and I really thoroughly enjoyed that one, and it's it's very written much, so much in the Mark Black vein of, of you kind of have to, it really makes you think, and it's very uh, surreal and visual, even though it's a book um, this one I, I, that's why I say I wanted to like this because I, 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 I come to this like Ghostlight, the first time I watched Ghostlight, I didn't hate Ghostlight but I wasn't sure that I understood what was happening, and I almost did the same thing with this one, as I walked away from it going Okay, I think that was good, but I don't think I kind of understood it. I don't think I followed it. Yeah, so it's I, I those had a lot that of that, too. If I, maybe if I had a help guide like Ghost, <laughs> Ghost does. Go get on I, that, Keith. Maybe I could go back and enjoy it again. I don't know. It's just, um,
3: I don't know. So there's a sanctuary. and we, we, Basically, we've got a monastery mm-hmm. and a religious ceremony and... Anthropomorphized crocodiles. That's really all I can come away and, with. And, it and just the doesn't. crocodile
1: built this.
2: Uh, gave with the, the skull to build this. I gave the skull to the monastery to hide it, uh, but or not hide it, but to to, to house it. But didn't I understand that it was a it was a cash thing? It was they did it for money, right? Yeah, to build and this so, new pool, yeah, which
1: was for the crocodile and so kind of well,
2: that. and it was for the skull because it wasn't the, the skull was actually down inside the pool underneath the pool or something. It, like it that. was
1: I got the impression that it was the was the pool. It was the building around the pool. So. That's a, Big, big oh skull. it housed the pool okay
2: yeah. i gotcha so now that's why they said so it's a big room you'd think we know we'd see a skull in here well you could yeah well you described the size of the skull too that's yeah. why we can't see it i mean if it was here we'd be able to see it, it well okay that makes sense that it was what was housing the school or housing the uh, pool um and then they need Champions for each side of some battle that's been going some on for battle years. A father and a son, and they choose champions. And what's the point?
1: Instead of just fighting each other straight out, which they wind up kind of doing. <laughs> yeah, that's what,
2: <laughs> ultimately that's what happens in the end. Is they they fight it out and end it that way. Yeah, and um, the doctor realizing that the skull basically wants it to come to an end and wants it to be resolved. Yeah. And then Lucy somehow gets manipulated. Not manipulated. She gets possessed. Pl- and then he, okay. Possessed. I, I wasn't sure possessed was a word, but let's go with that. She gets possessed to be one of the side's champions. The doctor's supposed to be the other one, and he ends up talking her down from whatever possession she's got. Right. I'm, I'm on him. Right, right. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so I did follow this better than I thought I did. <laughs> and then they, the two end up really battling it out anyway, and that's the end. Yeah, it,
1: it's, does the skull get destroyed? Do I remember that correctly?
3: I think so. Misadventures at church is kind of the <laughs> and there's this
2: <laughs> <laughs> misadventures at church. I have a I have an episode title. <laughs> just, nothing happened.
3: I mean, we we go through the whole thing with the setup and the uh, you know, oh no, the doctor's going to be the champion. Oh no, Lucy's going to be the champion. What are we going to do? They're going to fight and they don't. Okay, and then nothing happened. It just kind of petered out. You you followed it fine.
1: Okay,
2: <laughs> there's just nothing happening here.
1: It feels like a story that needs almost more to explain what's going on.
2: Because more than forty five
1: minutes. <laughs> yeah, because the Damn you, Mark Platt. <laughs> Because the setup is kind of cool. what happened at Ghostlight they yeah. shoot horny into
2: yeah. a smaller, concise story. I point. wonder if this was they, another doctor they, that so he think, would have been able to. Uh, do you think a, a, a script editor went in and chopped it up like Carmel uh, did? For I don't know. <laughs> uh, here,
3: here's here's my new proposal. I want Mark Platt to write m- movies that
2: um, allow him time to flesh out his storyline.
3: Well, but well, that, uh, uh, well books Peter Jackson can go direct.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think. That that would be the. Well, I think Lundborough is one of the most highly regarded Doctor Who books of all books, not just in the New, new Adventures. Of all books, is one of the most highly regarded books, and so maybe that's his forte is long form. Maybe that he is. needs that that On chance. It, you to, like the other ones? Yeah, I love I loved uh, uh, Time's Crucible too. So and I, spare parts is a four part. And spare part, yeah. Well, but so was Ghostlight. No, Ghostlight was because only yeah, three parts. There you go. If, <laughs> he if, used you, to do if a you if you can find Mark Platt, his stories aren't that great. If you're giving some room to <laughs> world build, then it's he it's, would have been
1: fantastic it? in Trouton and Pertwee's era. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
3: but wait, Luke Garrow was also a four part. Uh, yeah, that's true. Well,
2: yeah, maybe I was, that's the oddball. That, that, that was him
1: getting his feet wet with the audio. Maybe, yeah, Luke. Grohl was. The
2: was um, we, I think we all recognize the ambition of it. Yeah. It just fell down.
1: And this story has a lot of ambition there, too, because the, the, the planet <laughs> the setup. Sorry. Not, I, I, okay, go ahead. The planet setup of this all blue and this storm that comes every once so often, and people are trying to get sanctuary and they're not letting them in. That okay. itself could be a fantastic story.
2: Okay. And then it gets sidelined for the prophets that I enjoyed. Yeah. Was that the other team? that was trying to get in? Because well, they're shooting the, at the Doctor the, the, the and, other and Lucy, team. and they okay. get inside, yes. and then they're trying to kick him out, extent. and Lucy joins the convent, and they kick the Doctor out the window, but luckily it's not that far of a fall, and he falls on a tent to the outside, and then they recruit him. Kind
1: of. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but not everyone outside is on that other team.
2: Ah, okay. The Doctor just He had... just happens to fall into the other team.
3: Yeah, what, what oh, happened actually. is that Team Blue was outside trying to get the Pokemon alligator <laughs> <laughs> The was sanctuary the was sanctuary. a gem. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. <laughs> Does it work now? It works now.
2: Great. <laughs> Greatest big finish story I've ever heard.
3: <laughs> it was the... Oh, timing. no <laughs> art
1: fickle. Uh, this adventure's at church. It's It's the... Not even the church aspect, because some of that is interesting too. It's the crocodile <laughs> metaphysical <laughs> aspect the crocodile of the people. story that I have problems with, and didn't and had more trouble and, uh, tr- tr- more trouble following of what was going on because of the skull and taking him off to some other time and place. And yeah, that's the part that doesn't
3: work for me. The rest you of you it I think was fascinating. Uh, a bite there. I, I just
1: did had the look. Did up, you I, get him?
3: I got him. Okay. It was a bit of Is that what you were looking at?
1: You were looking at my forehead, too. Yeah, right? I was just trying to see. It. I couldn't tell if it was there I couldn't tell if it was life. a bit of
3: fluff or what, and then I went and smeared it and it was a bug. So <laughs> he, he may have been sucking on you. Sorry. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. We have been a mosquito infestation, apparently, in the <laughs> studio tonight. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so glad he was over there. Cause <laughs>
2: All right, well, I'm glad you guys kind of justified my... the The fact that I did follow it, I just didn't follow it.
3: I honestly, I really, I, I, I'm i with you. I thought the world-building part of it was great, and I was super excited about it, despite the fact that the title was The Skull of Sobek. And, and... The minute you give me a title like that in a Doctor Who story, I'm kind of already coming up with preconceived notions that I don't necessarily want. It's like, oh, is this is going to be one of those, you know, it's well, going to be I'm... a horror gothic something I or another. I would more okay with that. And, and, and maybe not. But then the alligator showed up, or the crocodiles, <laughs> and I just kind of was like, nope. <laughs> i've mentally checked out now it's just i had wondered if glenn's these, gonna hate this story. <laughs> i
2: had wondered if those crocodiles had linked back to something species we would heard before but because there was the one where they were on the space station airman and the doctor and and uh perry and weren't there like crocodile like creatures in that i think there may and be i an thought idea. maybe they linked and then the further they started explaining this story I then mean, there's no way that there's links no to way. them they yeah. were just like Malicious species that were slavers. Well,
3: and it, it seemed almost. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys can correct me if I'm if I'm wrong here. But it seemed almost a cheap shot at Lucy to suddenly develop this weird phobia of crocodiles. Yeah, you know, the, the, this. I mean, it's it's not important to the plot. I don't I don't know what your guys's particular phobias are until you wind up in a story that that requires it. You know, it's like all of a sudden, oh, we're on the planet of the spiders. I should probably let you know something. But it just seemed. Of, of all like the things to have a phobia about crocodiles. And it mm-hmm. seems
1: like an odd reason they had the phobia, too. I, yeah. The fact that she was afraid of Peter Pan as a kid uh, because of the crocodile. it
3: was Maybe I, there's some I, really
1: deep-reaching psychology there, Yeah. Right? I, I, yeah it, it just, yeah, that fell flat for me, too.
3: Yeah. It, it's just, it, it felt very much like one of those... And I'm going to put this in here because it's convenient. and I kind of need it right yeah, now. Yeah, a convenient That's advice. Like, eh, yeah. eh, all right. Yeah. So sorry, Mark didn't didn't think this was a <laughs> not your best work here, bud. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like I say, I wanted to like it, but and maybe further exploration of it maybe changed my mind a little bit. But as as it comes down, I think yeah. that the 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 other thing overall is we're right in the middle of this second season. And it's been really, really good. And so to kind of slide down, it, it feels like a letdown to me. So I'm hoping we we can ramp back up again before we get to the end. One
3: bit of casting fun. Uh, the Old Prince, Giles Watling, brother of Deborah Watling.
1: Oh, nice.
2: All right, should we do the Titan Big Finish 8th Doctor miniseries comics?
1: Yes. The Eighth Doctor, as played by Paul McGann, is shocked to find one of his old houses on Earth has been taken over by a young artist, Josie Day, an artist whose paintings are inexplicably coming to life. The search for the shocking truth of Josie's powers sends the pair on an epic quest through space and time, from a shattering test of faith in a civil war, to a creepy Victorian magic show, a cursed stately home, and a final revelation in the stars.
2: Um, well, this one's tough because yeah. as a mini series, it's it would get an uneven dun 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 for me. Um, but overall, I liked the. I thought the arc was good, but each individual story itself varied for me as far as whether I I liked it or loved it. I didn't hate any of them,
3: and I agree with that's, you that's there good- too. But I also am not sure the arc was. It almost didn't feel enough of a tie in.
1: For almost the, wasn't enough of an arc.
3: Yeah, it, it was. It was for, if, if this had just been, hey, we're going to do Eighth Doctor stories, and there's another one coming after this. Okay, cool. But a, as a mini series event, I don't know. May I expected? I, I wanted a little bit more of a cohesive, yay Eighth Doctor mini series event. You
1: know? Yeah, and I could see that. Um because it's not until late very late in the run that we start getting the more peppered in I mean by the time you finish it you realize what they were doing with the second issue and the third issue squirtle sorry but heading f- going in like going forward from there you really start to see more of the connections of what they're starting to do with the story especially once uh you know the show up with the painting and everything like that.
2: Yeah, that's the thing about this story is I think I liked the bookends the best. I, liked, I think so too. I liked the beginning and I liked the fact that the pictures um, came to life. What with, a great medium making.
1: to do comic for. Yeah,
2: exactly. Um, and so, and I didn't question why Josie had this ability to make these create these pains that did come to life i didn't question that at all yeah i just thought it was had something to do with being at the doctor one of the doctor's houses which i'm going to tell you about when i was holding something for for this particular moment but um, and then to come back and explain sort of more of that and utilize that device from the beginning, I th- thought is what I liked the most about it. And the reason why I say I like this over our arc is because I liked those two pieces of it, which is right. the, it is the beginning and the end of it. And I think what the other three stories do is they 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 develop the story of Josie. Josie, yeah, yeah they did, they did develop the story of Josie nicely and kind of give us the idea of the character that she is and why it justifies who she is and who she, uh, why it justifies why she should be uh, an entity in herself, why she should remain, why she, she she should be basically a freed slave because she was a product of uh, this woman's vanity and so she has earned her place as a being as a person her humanity she's earned her humanity just based on what you've told me about her in these three stories so i think that's why overall i think the arc serves well too in between there we do have some stories that then are reviewed that can be reviewed on their own merits and i think that's That's where it is up and down for me
1: yeah well and each of those stories in between the bookends give you the little character piece that fits that creates that as you said a whole person Of her own entity for the final story, because there are there's moments in that final issue that call back to each individual issue that you go, oh, I see what you did there.
2: Yeah, it it really reveals her character. It's almost too clever as a person. Yeah, it's it's too clever.
3: (laughs) Maybe that's it because uh, you know we we kind of get the MacGuffin almost of the whatever fragmentary technology piece. That he finds at the house, which they destroy, and causes the paintings to go back. So we're, we've we've written that off as a oh okay, and it's not until you get to the last episode or issue that you find out that oh no, she's got this ability because of this, and 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 I, and that's I agree that's the part, I, with you, that's the part that I really liked, and there are shades of that throughout this that we're dealing with crystals, we're dealing with reflections and mirrors, we're dealing with
1: the reflection the- one was a great revelation once we get to the full revelation of oh that's what they were doing with that one right right
3: um so that one paid off more than the crystal one there there were a lot of little pieces that that again kind of tied in in that final moment that made us go oh i have a couple of reservations from the fact that at least trapping wise i almost felt like well we've already done this because we've got (laughs) josie and she's an (laughs) artist it's like well that's what gabby does yep you know, it's not that the doctor can't hang out with multiple artists, but in a I'm different sure way too. You know, so, to yeah, be different. fair, yeah, we we know he hangs out with authors a lot, so it makes sense. But it just it just seemed kind of like for for a comic series that you know these aren't stories that are separated by years and years and years, and somebody's come back to the well on right, this. Right. This is something that's currently ongoing. Yeah, currently, yeah. Yeah. so that seemed a little odd to me. Um, the idea that We've got, uh, you know, uh, the first issue especially just felt very familiar to the the, the episode where uh, Gabby and the Tenth Doctor were off on the planet, and the art. Was, oh yeah, yeah. It, it just like we we've kind of already done this. So then we got to the the crystalline one, and um, I don't know. That's that felt vaguely familiar too. I don't remember what it was that made me kind of go. Oh wait. But I, I had a moment there too where I kind of thought, "Well, this sounds or feels like something we've already done." And so I don't know. Maybe maybe it was just because of the trappings of it, that, how it was put together, that I felt like the the part, the sum, the, the sum was not exactly greater than the whole of its parts, or vice versa. The parts weren't exactly the greater than the sum. But I don't know. It was it was an enjoyable read. Yeah. I don't I don't yeah. want to come down on it too hard because well, I did well, enjoy it. When you and do, right, Doctor is great. And Maury's Doctor is great. When
2: you, when you do a continuing thread uh, and you bookend it like this, you are going to have, especially when you have different writers on a series, and I don't know how many of these were written by different writers. I think it was but, all one writer.
3: Was it? So These were all George Mann, I believe.
2: Okay, so the interesting thing about that is the fact that the, the writing seems to be uneven to me because it's almost like uh, s- somebody was given a task to get from point A to point B, but you could do anything in between as long as you stayed to the outline. Is what it feels like. And now to find out that that man was the one that wrote this whole thing, it seems like it's it's almost like he wanted to do he wanted a, a different taste on each particular story. Yeah. So that it maybe so that you didn't suspect that there was a, a, a big uh, reveal that was coming. Suppose maybe that's the case there. On the flip side of that, I mean, uh, to me the the mere thing which I, I, I sense you guys liked. Well, with the magician story?
1: I didn't like it while I was reading it. I liked it in hindsight once we got the
2: revelation. Okay, I agree. Because if I if I review that story on its own, I didn't think it was particularly all that exciting. And I didn't think I mean it seemed kinda of droll. It seemed yeah. like we've just got this magician that's using this mirror that's a prison. And 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 he has entrapped his his other his evil twin, <laughs> his <laughs> doppelganger, his his alternate universe uh, self in there as he you know comes out, out into this world in, in order to entrap more people and, and switch places. And, and his and, plot doesn't quite make yeah, sense. Well, well A, they're, the, they're, the motivation, I think, is what's missing yeah.
3: here. A, we've already done that short film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> B, the Tenth Doctor's already imprisoned somebody in a mirror. Now, that's later in his timeline. Right. But... I, I can't help but think maybe of, this
1: is how he knows how to do
3: it. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe retroactively you can make that. But it's like, again, I kind of feel like we've already done this. Yeah.
2: And so I'm with Keith. I think the, the the payoff at the end makes the story better, but only enough to make it better as part of the arc and not better as a standalone story. Um, The crystalline one, is that that one before it? Was that the music of the. This is the second one. That's the oh, second okay, one. so the music of the siphons, I think is what it was called.
1: Uh, I don't remember. Music
2: of the something. In the anyway, graphic novel I don't uh, think it gave me time. That one I liked significantly better than this one, now that I'm going back. I liked I, I'm with Sean, it felt a little bit tropish or used, but I did like the the idea of this entity that's coming across and its sole purpose is to t- continue on. Right? That's the one where it was dropping the spheres, the spheres. Was dropping it's the basically uh, crystals and it was seeding the planet, but it was seeding the people to to, to basically continue its existence. Right. Yeah. And you almost at the end come to a a sympathetic aspect of it is it doesn't necessarily realize that it is destroying another, uh, although I think you get the impression that it did know, but it was putting less significance on the uh livestock essentially yeah it it was didn't know they were sentient right exactly and so when it's realized, so I kind of I liked that the the I, again it feels used, but I kind of liked that story, and I thought that was that was a kind of a neat um, concept yeah. Uh, the the one that I'm struggling the most with to remember is the fourth story. What was that so one? So I'm trying about? to get to the, the plants and the, the... Oh, house. okay. And oh. that was another one that I thought was ambitious and had a great premise, but it almost feels rushed to its conclusion. Yeah. And it's almost a... It's like we're building this mystery of what's going on here and what's bringing this back, and then we've... We've simply just locked away the problem and left again, which I don't like when the and I know the doctor does this all the time, is he <laughs> he cleans up he he fixes his situation but leaves before cleaning up the mess. And it's another one that the eighth doctor has now walked away from that I feel like is going to have repercussions later in the in the future. It's This something's going to happen again that you haven't fixed the problem that we've got here going you've just basically yeah put a band-aid on it for now and went along your merry way and so when that happens in this story then it's like okay i wanted a bigger conclusion so i felt like you rushed to a i've got to get this done so we'll just slap the band-aid on and leave And
1: and this one more than the other two doesn't feel like it's providing much to the josie it doesn't character. i
2: think this is the one that does least and maybe that's another reason that i didn't enjoy it as much now i thought it was ambitious and i kind of like the premise and the trappings of it but it doesn't feel like it goes far enough in order yeah, for it. To i meet. would agree with that the
3: the, the visual that marries this when, when they go out to look at the stone circles and okay so you, you say stone circle we all have that image you know we're going, we, we, stones of blood, stone hinge, that's yeah. where we're going with it yeah. no, they are giant stone gears on the ground and it's like and everybody has the same oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. and it, it, that's it's a great moment when the doctor starts spouting off the techno babble and the info dump explaining what it is and how it works and all this kind of stuff and that there must be a key I found that to be really cool yes. and I loved that aspect of the story that this is what we're looking at okay, yeah This is going to be awesome. But as you said, we go and we find the key. We put the key back in the thing. It keeps the thing in stasis, and the plants don't come for another 200 years because that's the cycle of the...
2: Yeah. Well, that's kind of lame. And as long as somebody in this kid's lineage gives his life in order to stop it again (laughs) to pass it on to the next key holder. Yeah.
3: Or just make sure that they pass the story
2: down correctly. Yeah, Yeah. he doesn't
3: even give his life.
1: He
2: lives. Well, that's true. But to, 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 to... that's right. He does live. I forgot about that. But well, it seemingly he would given his life, but he hadn't. No,
3: the butler. The butler. Or, no. the butler gave his life to. Okay, so that's what I was, was saying. That. Yeah. yeah,
2: that's what I'm saying. Is the butler gives his life, so this kid, somebody in his lineage, is going to give his life to pass on the, the the key information to somebody. It just seems like we've got this infinite loop going to happen here. Uh, well, I don't think the they same need thing to has to, give to their happen. Life. The same thing has to happen though, in such have, a way. They have to turn the key every. Yeah, so exactly. Often. And I guess, yeah. Uh, yeah, it just it seems to like a self-perpetuating I, I think what, what what
3: happened is as, as the kids said that it was a fairy tale that was kind of told to them that the monsters are going to come and get you and I think what happened is it was the
2: conceptually that was the good part of it
3: <laughs> the uh, The servants are the ones who, who had this originally because they've been there for as long but then they got delegated to servants and the other family kind of took over it, and they took it and made it this this fairy tale story And as the information got passed down or forgotten, that it just kind of became not a big deal. It's a fairy tale. If they had made it a little more, no, you have to take this key and you have to go. You have to take this key and you have to go turn it every 50 years or so to keep him in stasis. Here, my son, this is the key that hides the spaceship in the backyard. I think as long (laughs) as you do that you won't have that sacrifice the thing
2: is though the potential is still there for this exact same thing to happen again and that's my problem with it is 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 it does set it up because if they forgot in the 200 years and something happened that same scenario while it may not ever happen again could potentially happen again and that's what the problem i have with the doctor just you know here we go (laughs) and, and taking off the, the, it really feels like it's something that the doctor is going to have to then again in another incarnation come back and fix again. I feel just like my, fix it the first time. Yeah. Take this sentient being off to some other planet where he can have you know <laughs> drop him on uh, Seti Alpha Five and let him live out his life as you know its own colony. Oh wait, I didn't work so well for. Um, <laughs> um, but you know it's, what I mean. <laughs> it gives you opportunity for a sequel. Fifteen years. Down yeah, exactly. I guess that yeah, that didn't work out either. <laughs> did it? We ended up having to fix that later again. Anyway, I, I think the the big problem that I have with
3: it is the ineffectualness of Team Tardis in this particular segment of the story.
1: Yeah, because it's everybody else that's solving the he problem. It's true.
3: They don't do anything. They they, they show they put up. Pieces they together, they, they figure it means. out. Then we sneak back into the house. The doctor is immediately knocked out, which you notice the eighth doctor well, is knocked out a lot yeah. in these stories that <laughs> he, he, he he's gathered up and Josie go fix this. And then he he's okay, Josie go fix this. And
2: that was necessary for the overall. Which art, is fine the, building as long character.
3: as we're building Josie's character. Yeah. But in this one, the doctor gets taken over by plants. Josie and Birdie run. And then Josie, Josie gets, gets taken up.
2: over by plants. Yeah, you know,
3: so it's all up to the kid now. Which again, I don't have a problem per, with that per se. But if the thrust of this is to establish the character that Josie is, the doctor should have been knocked out trying to defend Birdie. Then Birdie should have been taken over, and Josie could have you know fix mix it up a little bit and make it. Now, it's Birdie's heritage. It's Birdie's you know lineage. It's his house. Okay, I kind of get where you're going, but. I don't
2: know, it just it felt... Well, he has to be the next key keeper, but it feels like Josie could have been more of an integral part in that and given her a There's little There's a way bit to more. fix that,
3: yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm not sure what it is, but it just felt kind of like an empty... Child?
2: <laughs> 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 it just popped into my head, I don't know why I said it.
3: It was a victory, but it was kind of an empty and hollow one. I don't know. It was that... But then the final segment was really good.
1: I do think throughout the entire five issues that George Mann has a good grasp of the Eighth Doctor's voice. I would agree. I would agree and with I that. I
2: would agree. And, and he has developed a good character in, in the uh, character of Josie as well. Yeah.
1: Do you guys notice his Sonic? I did yeah. notice his Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> One step closer to canonizing that.
2: Well, and the, the the interesting thing is, there is at one point An that outfit. the doctor <laughs> expresses the fact that he's becoming very weary, so you can tell that this is nearing to the time of the doctor or uh, uh, night of the, doctor. Night, of the doctor. night of the doctor. Yeah. Well,
1: so- and that's one thing that Skola Sobek did do well. Also, was his firmness of not wanting to fight. Yeah, he yeah. won't be your. Their champion, right, and that that really helps lead, lead towards that, which is inadvertently it's, done, which yeah, I think is kind of yeah, cool. Accidental, yeah. But. For me, the costume at times looks like he's in his traditional movie outfit, and then other times looks like he's supposed to be in the Night of the Doctor outfit. It sort of made me it wonder.
2: Seem Sort of made me wonder if they were somehow I mean, trying to create a in between, yeah, bridge the gap, and it wasn't quite working because I felt the same way. Uh, The other thing that is at the back of my mind is the very visual representation, even though it's an audio, the very visual representation of we know there's a step between there as far as the Eighth Doctor goes in that line because... Uh, they they all came out, but did the Dark Eyes series and introduced him. And in I mean, he he, he picked the clothes yeah. and did the went to the, uh, the convention and did the yeah. convention in it and did a photo shoot with it, so they could use that artwork for the. So we have that has been very much put out there, and so I hope that Titan doesn't isn't trying to just skirt past the Dark Eyes Doctor in that look because by doing this. Bridging which you,
1: to which that's where the sonic came from. So you think they'd be right? right exactly, if they, they'd because acknowledge that is right. Because that is his sonic. That's arm. what's weird about. I, I can chalk
3: that. it up a little bit more to just the it, the the big difference in my mind is the coat seems a lot longer. Yeah, yeah. And so you know Matt Smith went through several coats, and we all went, "Oh, he's got a new coat on." I can kind of chalk it up to just well, he's still the, wearing the, the main Doctor outfit. The went
2: through but, a different outfit too, in uh, between uh, uh, mind warp and or not mind warp. Uh,
3: The blue one, right? Yeah, he
2: went to. They had the blue coat that has been sort of canonized by by the series as well. So he had another outfit, so he changed out of one into one and then back into the other one to finish his. (laughs) (laughs) to to bump his head. And, uh, oh, you guys, I forgot to tell you, I listened to the final adventure. Oh. I did that several weeks ago, but I forgot to bring that up on the show. So it's well done. Pretty well done.
3: But, um,. Yeah, like I said, I think more than anything, I, my, my problem is the, the artwork um, is, is, for the most part, good throughout these five issues, and I think there are some phenomenal panels of the Eighth Doctor, mm-hmm. but then there are some very cartoony, not quite there yeah. Eighth Doctor, and they're, they're trying to get the... The range of giddiness and emotion that the Eighth Doctor kind of goes through, but unfortunately, when he gets excited, they tend to draw him more goofy. I'm starting to see
2: <laughs> that as more of a technique in comics now. The more that I read modern comics, is it, it seems to be something that artists are in a phase of, and I don't necessarily like it. Into now that anime, yeah, style. and now at manga style, maybe. Yeah. and I, I think maybe I'm just becoming more accepting of it knowing that that's a thing now because it, you, that type of thing used to bother me but doesn't so much now it didn't so much in this this arc even though I didn't notice it Sean
3: it's just it's just kind of a little bit that for for having the voice down so well to then turn around and kind of take me out of the story with a visual that doesn't quite match up it's 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 a little yeah. distracting i thought
2: i think if we were more than casual comic readers we would be more forgiving of it yeah that's
3: very true
1: we mentioned the cameo, too? What was the cameo? I forget. Oh, the 12th Doctor. <laughs> 12th Doctor oh, right, right, yeah, yeah. I forgot all about that, yeah. Which was a nice moment, because when they showed up at the beginning of issue four, I kind of thought, well, that kind of looks like the 12th Doctor's clothes. I wonder if that's... And then the fact that they showed up for a panel was... It
2: was funny that uh, that happened, that piece of the, the fourth one happened, and then I was like, where did that go? What, who was that? Yeah, what, what was, was that going th- on? And I didn't think anything about it until I saw them show up in the no. the end of that one, in the end of the fifth story, and then I went, oh, okay, that was supposed to be my callback moment to, oh, that's who that is. And it still took well, uh, and, and it still took a half a beat for me to realize that, oh, wait, that's who that was, and that was bidding on the pain. Yeah, I, I kind of figured, wow.
1: I kinda Honestly, figured until
3: right point. now, I didn't put two and two together ah, with that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, I'm going set, back and looking at it. They going set
1: up issue five ah. with the whole kind of plot of this piece of art. And we get into that. Well, that's that. where it was. That's, that's where well, it was, it, yeah. It starts off The issue auction is okay. the auction four. is in four. Okay, but, that's what but, I was... But the meat yeah. of why they're buying the, yes, is the I got crux you. of this that's story. Yes, I got you. That's right,
2: right. But it it was issue four where I I saw that and just dismissed it going, okay, what what was that? But once we got to
1: the meat of issue five of what's going on and the painting involvement, that's when I remembered that one and thought, oh, okay. Okay,
2: so that... See, it wasn't until the very end, well, the the resolution and finding out about the painting is that that that's when it called, not finding out about it. But yeah, the, the kind of the info dump is when I kind of thought, oh, that must have been the, the callback for this. I still didn't put two and two together. I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> until until you brought that up and I went back and looked oh, at that it right should now.
3: I, now I realize that that apparently was an important piece. It's so quickly of this done, it's story. only a few
2: panels. I think it was only one page. I suppose page, it should have been it?
1: even bigger of a, it's a two page thing. Oh, for the, for, the for that, yeah, yeah, the auction. Notice that. The, the auction, when we see it again,
2: he has oh. a number 12. <laughs> yeah, it's in the first panel as well. <laughs> it didn't occur to me either. That, yeah, that should I have been a huge didn't, clue. Didn't,
3: <laughs> the auctioneer even says, and sold to buyer number 12. Well, anything
2: credits. should be a major clue in hindsight. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> It It just isn't. And that's well, that's, 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 that's subtlety that, that works well when you don't figure that out until you go back and look at it and go, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I see what you did there. So. Although when I did see
1: the, the, the bidder... And the first time I thought that does look like Twil's outfit. Yeah. I wonder if that is. See, and I then did. the fact that we actually get to oh, see nice. it at the was nice. I
3: didn't even see that. So, yeah, totally, him didn't pick up on it.
2: <laughs> so Keith was all the way there. I was halfway there, and you weren't there. I all. was oblivious. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, and kind of in a
3: in a way, it almost echoes, um, Brave New Town with the, the the last story with the fact that these. Um, Android bodies are kind of becoming self conscious and, or self aware. And that they're just dumping programming on top of programming. I thought that was a really great concept.
2: It was. It was. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the last story, deci- despite the fact that it, you know, is is the resolution to the bookends of the story. Um, but the story in itself, that idea was really cool too. So I would agree.
3: I think that's why it, um, maybe because the the, the fifth ep, uh, issue is in my mind the strongest of them maybe that's what helps sell the rest of the arc yeah the, that, it's, that it's not just the story in and of itself that it's the tie-in but i mean the story in and of itself is really good it's really well done well it doesn't
2: feel like a vehicle or a device it feels like a story in itself yeah. that really um uh, Climaxes in something that 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 sells the entire s- series as well, so it's it's twofold,
1: and yet still leaves it open if they want to do more stories with Josie.
2: Don't okay. you suppose that'll be his companion when the if they do eighth yeah, Doctor yeah. series <laughs> starts? <laughs> Which I would if and when the first very Doctor happily read, start, read it so series yeah. starts. Yeah,
1: even at the down points, this was some great Eighth Doctor content.
2: Yeah, it was indeed very it was true. Indeed. All right, Sean, what are we got coming up on the
3: schedule? Well, coming up on the schedule... Where's my schedule? There it is. Nope, that is not it. So, Sean,
2: what do we got coming up on the schedule?
3: There's my schedule. Next week on the schedule, we're going to take a sidestep out of uh, the Who universe proper and into, um, unless Glenn's figured out a way to fix it, uh, an alternate, no. not quite <laughs> canonical... Uh, Quasi. I don't think
1: it's not even quite not quite canonical. It's not canonical. <laughs> no, it's not canonical at all.
3: And I'll, I'll be curious. It's been so long since I've seen them. I'll be really curious if I go back into it and go. Yep, yeah, doesn't work at all.
1: No, no, no. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. The, uh, my my need for everything in Doctor Who to connect it ends here. Ends. At, <laughs> it ends at these two films. Well, and, and and in reality, it's because they can't, and because they. It's it's almost like. When I watch Never Say Never Again in the Bond, James Bond films, it cannot and never will fit, and the reason being is because it is basically a remake of Thunderball. And so, it, it was it was a cash grab by Sony and the co-writer of Thunderball, uh, the, the the original film with Ian Fleming, that it was a cash grab for them to get more money and realize that they, there wasn't a... Um, uh, necessarily uh some copyrights that were uh secured and s- by uh MGM. And so like that to me this with Terry Nation basically doing the exact same stories but with a little different flair a little different twist is just a retelling in a different universe of those stories that we are familiar with in the Doctor Who universe. So there is no desire for me at all to connect these (laughs) within the canonosity, or within the continuity. Would
3: would you describe these as a cash grab? Absolutely. Oh, they were at the time, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, If you haven't figured out yet what we're doing, we're doing Doctor Who and the Daleks. That's D-R period who to add
1: (laughs) (laughs) insult to
2: injury. Add insult to injury. Which, you know, you should be placated by that when they call him Doctor Who. (laughs) That should work for you.
3: (laughs) Um... With, with Peter Cushing and uh, uh, multicolored Daleks before there were Skittles. and um,
1: That's what I'm looking forward to seeing the most, is the multicolored Daleks.
3: They're really impressive. I th- That's the best part of it, quite <laughs> honestly, is, is the Daleks. As with most Dalek stories, the Daleks are the best thing in it. But we're, we're going re- to watch Peter, that. Peter Cushing's
2: a pretty good part about He's it. He's pretty too. good. He was good.
3: Uh, we're going to watch that for Friday Night Who. Uh, the
2: kindly see. earthbound inventor. inventor. That's what he is. He's not an alien. He's just a human.
3: <laughs> just a human. Whose last name is Who. <laughs>
1: My mom had a doctor whose last name was Who, so. Spelled the, W-H-O. This doctor is not Asian.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't remember if hers was or not.
2: H-U. I've seen a lot of it might have been doctors H-H-U that are yeah. H-U, yeah. Um,
1: can't remember if she was Asian, though.
2: So we'll be
3: doing that for Friday and Who and then reviewing it. Uh, that's kind of on the docket for all of episode 290. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> we'll be discussing that. And the following week, big surprise, we're going to do Daleks Invasion Earth 2150 A.D., which is a monster hashtag. I'm not sure what we're going oh, to do with back that. back
2: up. We're also going to do the Dell released comic, if you didn't mention that. Maybe you already did. I didn't mention yeah, it. Yeah. we are you not paying attention? Dell released a comic along with that, so we'll, we'll be analyzing both the film and the comic adaptation of it. Oh,
3: cool. Remind me to talk to you off mic. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then the following week we'll be doing Daleks Invasion Earth, which is kind of a the reason we, we've been wanting to do these for a while and just weren't quite sure how to fit them in or where we were going to put them, and then uh, discovered uh, after much teeth gnashing and website checking that apparently... (laughs) Thorough
1: research. At
3: at least as far as what we're going off of, that uh, the 22nd of July this year happens to be the 50th anniversary of Dalek's Invasion Earth 2150. So we're going to watch Dalek's Invasion Earth 2150 on the 50th anniversary, which is not quite accurate because we start at midnight, so it'll just have rolled over <laughs> to the twenty third, but it's as close as I could make it work. Um so happy anniversary. Daleks Invasion Earth twenty one fifty AD. And then we'll be reviewing that. Is there a comic for that one as well? Not
2: that I'm aware of on that one.
3: Okay. Well, that's why it didn't fare yeah. as well at the box office, obviously. <laughs> the tie in merchandise wasn't Clear. There. Uh, And then uh, for those of you that like to get a little further ahead, uh, we'll finish out July with The Greatest Show in the Galaxy for Friday Night Who with Sylvester McCoy, uh, which will free us up to uh, do some um, Lethbridge Stewart stuff. we got some more uh, goodies from Candy Jar uh, and our friends over there. Uh, So we'll be doing uh, The Band of Evil by Roger J. Simmons and Sean Russell, which is the short. uh, And then Lethbridge Stewart, The Showstoppers by Jonathan Cooper. So those are our review topics for that. And I believe uh, we we mentioned Royal Blood that it'll be one of the Dalek weeks. We'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll for sure get that in and, yeah, and be cover a, that a
2: little review on that as well. So, all right, anything else that we need to discuss before we close this show, guys? All I, don't right,
3: think I, so. I, I I suppose a, a, a plug maybe for the
2: um, yeah. This was. Uh, uh, yesterday was Doctor Who Day, Doctor Who Comic day. Comic Day, uh, a celebration that Titans has been doing. They launched the first issue of Supremacy of the Cybermen, and they had Good comic title. they had yeah. comic events across the the country. Unfortunately, there were none very near us, so and <laughs> many of us could make it to. So, uh, what we have decided to do is put this on the schedule down the road when they have finished the all all five issue arc of this and we will add to that as well and give our opinions on this uh, particular story arc.
1: That's right. All
2: right. Unless there's anything else, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks 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 for for listening. listening. Pokemon Go! You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.